Good morning, Freedom Church. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Let's give God praise for some great praise and worship. We love worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So glad you are here today. And maybe it's your first time today and you have never been in the house of the Lord. It did not fall in. We got a strong building, so don't worry about that. And a lot of times you come and you worry about where you're at and am I going to fit in here? Listen, we love you and most of all, God loves you. So let's give it up for those that might be brand new in the house today, church. All right. So last week, I started a new message series called Hope Again. And the reason we did, you know, I've been praying a long time for what we call our fall push and uh, what to do. And I I talked to a lot of people. And it doesn't matter if you consider yourself a Christian or not or somewhere in between and seeking God. We all deal with times in life that we feel hopeless. How many of you are like that? Sometimes it feels hopeless, doesn't it? Yes, it's very true. And so last week, we started off the first message of this series called What to Do When Life Sucks. Because some of you, it does sometimes. Some of you might be thinking, you know, that's my life right now. Well, we looked at the life of Joseph. And uh, if you weren't a part of that word last week, I challenge you to go back, go to our YouTube channel or to our website or somewhere like that and and check that out. But this week, uh, we're going to move forward. But I want to plant this seed with you now. Next Sunday, if you know anybody that's really going through a rough trial right now, it is the Sunday for you to get them here. Because I'm going to talk about triumph over trials and you're going to hear a testimony that's going to be unlike a testimony that you've heard before next week that will give you strength and those that you know that's going through trials to make it so i want to do that i want to just plant that seed with you make sure you bring somebody next week all right but today i want to talk about help i'm parenting because when you think about parenting there's nothing more gratifying but yet nothing more challenging than raising kids check this out Why are you crying? Because you want to go to the play by play play. this weekend when he plays again, okay? I'm sorry. Okay. Theodore, what's wrong? I, I'm 
do you want for a treat? The beef broth! I love it! <laughs> I don't like it! I don't like it! I don't like Wow. So let me ask this question. How many of you here have kids? Raise your hand. You have kids. Yes, the majority of you do have kids. I've witnessed so many parents in almost three decades of ministry that have been at wit's end about raising their children. And some of you might be thinking, well, I'm not sure if this message is for me. We don't have kids yet. This definitely is for you today. Some of you might be thinking, we should have came another day because our kids are grown and we're, they're out of the house. This is for you too. And, and you know how I know the empty nesters in the house here? Because you're the one smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> yes, it's easy to spot you. And some of you are thinking, man, uh, I, I just don't know if we're going to have kids. This is beneficial for everybody. You know why? Because everybody here has influence. All of us do. Whether it's nieces, nephews, neighbors' kids. Whoever, we all have influence. And, and I want to clear up one thing. I'm not a pro-parent. I got three reasons I can tell you that. It's called three daughters. And they can tell you I, do, I am not a pro-parent. But we're living in a day that there's a breakdown in our nation. And the reason there's a breakdown in our nation because there's a breakdown in the family from what God intended. Reminds me of a lady that her and her little daughter went to the grocery store. And, and she got there and next thing you know, you hear her calling out in a very stern voice, Suzanne, stop it. And so she began this conversation, and the store manager in the opposite aisle could hear through the shelving, could not see him. Suzanne, stop it. I done told you to stop it. You're going to get hurt, Suzanne. Suzanne, don't make me tell you again. You better stop it. So the store manager walks around the other aisle, and he goes over, and he leans down to the little girl, and he pats her on the back and says, your name must be Suzanne. The mother said, no, I'm Suzanne. Her name's Betty. I'm trying to control myself. <laughs> we live in a day and time that parents are supposed to be raising children, but if we're not careful, children are raising parents. Children are seemingly in control. See, there's a misunderstanding and there's a misalignment when it comes to the principle of the family and the role of parenting. Matter of fact, it says in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, see if this sounds like the day we're living in from then. He will let children and babies become your rulers. You will each be cruel to friends and neighbors. Young people will insult their elders. No one will show respect to those who deserve it. Like then today, children and youth are living in rebellion. But here's something I want you to know today. I want you to draw a line in the sand today and say, I want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. I want to be a part of being an influencer for God Almighty to make a difference. That's what I want every one of us to be able to do. It goes back to thinking about this. Why does God want us to have children? God doesn't want you and I to have children so we have all these little mini-me's or we have these children it's all lookalikes. For some of us, you really don't need to have kids for lookalikes if you looked in the mirror. But anyway, the goal, the godly goal from the very beginning from mankind, God said to be fruitful and to multiply, to be able to fill the earth. 
But when you look at this and what's behind it, you got to look at God's purpose for parenting. God has a purpose for parenting. I want you to get that. And you say, well, what is that purpose? It's very simple. Parents are to birth, raise, and replicate God's image in, the, in their children for God's glory to be able to advance his kingdom. That is it in a nutshell, to be able to fill the earth with those made in his image through marriage. Now, raising kids is more than just you and I just saying, oh, they're so cute, they're so cuddly, they're just little angels. The problem is their legs get longer, their wings get shorter, and they go from being a little angel to being a little devil sometimes. Can I get a witness? That's what happens. So God, what he did through his word, he set up a hierarchical command, chain of command, that is to work in a family system. God is over Christ, his father, Christ is over man, man is over woman, and God and woman is over the children. So here's what I want you to understand, what it says in the first verse. We're going to look at four particular verses. We're going to break them down about the family and about what it works and how that we can have help. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. There's other verses that will come into play. But it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Children, Paul is referring to, are children that have given their lives to Jesus as their Lord. And we are to teach our kids to have fear of the Lord. That is to have reverence of the Lord God Almighty. And when your children become Christians, it doesn't release them from their normal obligations of life. Through faith that we have in Jesus Christ, that child ought to be a better child in your home. See, a healthy home has harmony, and it comes from the husband loving his wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. It is through the wife submitting to her husband as unto the Lord, and the children are obeying their parents because they belong to the Lord, and it is the right thing to do. Look at verse 2 in Ephesians 6. It says, Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment, with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Now, Paul is citing the fifth commandment here. Parents, you get to affect, listen to me closely. Parents, you get to affect how long your kid lives on this earth. It's based on how you get them to be able to honor you. It's, and it depends on how long, not just how long they're going to live, but how well that they live. Now, if there are kids and teenagers in here, and you are listening to me, listen to me very closely. Giving honor through to your parents and obeying your parents is going to determine how long you're going to live, that you don't shortcut and cut your life off before the appointed time that you're to die. I hope you understand that. Do you know why there's hell in homes today? Because what happens is you get out of the hierarchical order, You invite an additional family member into your home. His name is Satan. And when you allow Satan to sliver into your home and break that hierarchical command, chain of command, you've invited the devil into your house. Listen to me. When men aren't under God, when women aren't under their husbands, I want you to know that this right here is an opportunity that when the kids aren't under the parents, that you are inviting havoc into your home through the enemy, Satan. What he does, he flips and he twists God, God's ordained way of doing things in order to be able to have what God intended. And it gives an invitation for the devil to come in and have a heyday in your home. 
say, well, what do you mean? When you have that extra family member, you're not doing it God's way? No wonder we have World War III happening in our homes today. Raising your children, listen to me closely. It isn't just a biological thing. It isn't just a physical thing. It isn't just a familial thing. Raising our children is a spiritual thing, most of all. And you raise them in the Lord so that they have a God-centered worldview, transferring to your children what you have received from the Lord yourself. A transference of godly faith to your kids. Listen to me, it's absolutely critical. So I ask you this question. How many of you parents would like to see your kids obey because it's right because it's commanded and you know it brings blessings how many of you want that i believe that if you love these first three verses and you want these first three verses to be played out in your kids lives it's going to take an investment from you in word and indeed of verse four for this to happen so let's look at verse four and we're going to break it down Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, in the Bible, the father raises the children, not the mothers. The spiritual formation here in the Scripture, the DNA values is coming from the Father. Now, moms, you are the helpmate. Yes, you are. But you're not the responsible solo one as the leader of your kids. My wife, Shanda, would tell our girls, you wait till your dad gets home. Why would she say that? Because the buck stops with me as their father. So if you're a messed up man, you're an absent father, your wife has to beg you to go to church or beg you to pray with the kids, then there's a problem. But it stems, this whole situation stems from the lack of upright spiritual raisings of dads in the first place and the lack of dads raising future dads. And I know there are moms in here. I know there's single moms in here. And my heart goes out to you with love and compassion because there's not a father in the home. You do your best and you trust God. You trust God and ask God to give you strength to fill in those gaps. See, the devil, you know, he wants everything to do to get the dad out of the home at whatever it takes because the devil knows if he can get dad out of the picture, then he can become the dad as the dominant influence in your kids' lives. There's a lot of outsourcing of parenting going on today. You say, what do you mean? The outsourcing of TV and iPads and iPhones and babysitters and sports and the list goes on and on. And bringing them up is on the parents to take responsibility. Why is that? Look what it says in Exodus 20 here. The beautiful song that we just sang about that, that derived from this, these scriptures. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. See, when it comes to you, us as parents, if we don't do our job, it's not just messing our kids up. It's messing our kids, kids, kids up. So you've got to help your kids and you've got to give them a divine framework as a reference for their life. Our job as parents is to escort them into that godly future by giving them what it means to operate under the rule of Almighty God. So you need to own parenting. Own it. Because listen, I'm telling you, and listen, 
You've just got a window of season if they're in your home. And it's going to go by faster than what you could ever, ever imagine. So too much outsourcing of the responsibility of parenting will debilitate your kid's future. So let me ask this question. How many of you truly from the heart of who you are, if you have children today, how many of you really want God's help for parenting? Shoot your hand up. I know I do. And I still help parent my kids. And they have their own kids now. First and foremost, there's a don't and there's three do's in this verse. You don't provoke your kids. Now, it's talking to the father here. I want you to know that. It's talking and addressing the father, but it's to be modeled by both parents. You don't provoke your kids. Look what it says. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Okay? You have got to understand that everybody needs encouragement. Let me ask this question. How many of you here in the past week have gotten discouraged about something? Raise your hand. I think most part of everybody here has gotten discouraged about it. Imagine your kids. We're to be the ones that's going to encourage our kids, not discourage them. We don't provoke them. We don't set them off. We don't create an environment that has our kid and creates an angry kid. You don't raise them and you don't cuss them too. You've got to be a chief cheerleader in your kids' lives. Now, you're to correct them, yes, but you're to love them even more. I want you to get that. You've got to love them even more. And listen to me. If you're a dad here and you have a daughter in your home, you date your daughter so she knows what a real godly date looks like. I hope you get that. You just don't brag on them for what they do. You love them for who they are. You let them know that you love them, that they are special, and they are God sent, and that you are proud of them, and that you love them no matter what happens in their life. You don't provoke those kids. Something you do is you nurture your kids. This is rather bring them up. Now, bring them up is to nurture them. And that's not just talking about food and clothing and shelter. No, no, no. That's not what it's just talking about here. If you don't teach them the way that you need to teach them, you've got to teach them emotionally and most of all, spiritually. I hope you get that today. Proverbs 22 and 6, a well-renowned well verse. Many of you know it, probably have it memorized. It says, direct your children onto the right path. Say right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Now, as you direct them onto the right path, what does it mean, the right path? It means the path of righteousness. The word righteousness meaning a right relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you don't teach your kids God's Word and your family, Satan will be glad to teach them. I promise you that. Satan has his own message, his own kingdom, his own teachers. They are ones that are in the neighborhood, they're in the schools, they're in other kids' lives that have a lack of regard for God. So we as parents cannot blame the church. We cannot blame the state. We cannot blame the government that our kids may turn out and be messed up. It's our responsibility to do that. So parents, I hope you get this. If you give your kids God's Word early in their life, listen closely, and they take a wrong turn, that word in their life is a hook to be able to let the Holy Spirit pull them back one day, back in the direction and in the right relationship with God. Listen to me. Your prayers, your faithfulness, and God's word planted in their hearts is what's going to make the difference. But you've got to do it. So you nurture them. You love them. You pray for them. And you help read. You read the Bible to them. You spend time with them. You get to know them deeper in a deeper level than you can ever imagine. Listen, you don't ask your child ever. Do you want to go to church? No offense, but that's a D-U-M-B question that should never be on your forehead. It's like asking your kid, uh, do you want a whipping? Oh, yeah, yeah, give me one, baby. Do you ever see them doing that? No, 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 no. They don't do that. 
It's like saying, do you want to be in timeout? Sure, stick me in a corner. How about my nose there? They don't do that. They just still don't happen. You say, do you want to go to school? Some of them think, no. <laughs> it's, just think about that. You don't never ask a child, do you want to go to church? Because it makes you wonder, if you continually ask that question, maybe it's because you're asking yourself that question as to whether you want to go to church. Are you where you need to be? If you're not where you need to be, how are you going to take your kids there? How are you going to lead your kids there? I want you to think about that. So you don't provoke them, you nurture them, you raise them up. Then, it's, then he says, discipline your kids. It says there, look at Ephesians 6, 4 there, it says, rather bring them up with the discipline. Now, you give them daily godly discipline. Listen, you are to break your child's will without you crushing your child's spirit. How many of you here have a strong-willed child? Raise your hand. I get it. I get it. You know, I, one of my three was, it was real strong-willed. I'm not going to name any names, but anyway, uh, they get it from their daddy, okay? But when, when you are telling your child and you're telling your child the right thing to do and then they're pushing back on you listen this is rebellion at its best that will must be broken but you do that without crushing their spirit it's a combination of love it's a combination of discipline that you're able to be able to do that you correct them while you are loving them now some of you those strong-willed children some of you listen it, in your life listen you never did custody you had children now you're about to pull your hair out. You don't know what to do. Listen, it is a combination of love and discipline. You correct them while loving them. And listen to me. You think about teenagers. First 10 years, the, your children think you're it. The second 10 years, you think an alien's taking their body over. It's till the third decade, the 20 to 30, they scratch their head and say, Mom, Dad's a lot smarter than what I gave him credit for, right? You see what I'm saying? But teenagers, what they struggle with is between dependence and independence. They want to be free, but they can't afford to be free. Right? That's, that's what it is right there. They can't afford it. They don't have no money. They don't have no job. And they don't want to be told what to do. And listen to me, teenagers, if you're under the sound of my voice, you can be frustrated and you can be and disagree maybe with your parents, but you don't have the right to be rebellious against your parents. You're going to live between boundaries. The boundaries are real high at times, okay? And then when you do right, you obey, you do the right things, the boundaries come down and the road you travel gets wider. And if you mess up, boom, it goes right back up again. You understand what I'm saying? But you don't have rebellion. Parents, the only way your kids will be rebellious is if, if you allow them to be. It's on you if you let them. It's like a father, he took his kid to the store and wanted to get him a toy. So he takes him in there. He goes up to the manager and says, I need you to help my kid find a toy that he will want and enjoy. So the kid starts looking for a toy, and every toy is not what his, this kid wants. So the kid's getting frustrated. Then the father's getting frustrated because he can't find a toy. Then the father and the kid, they're getting frustrated with the manager and putting it on him. And finally, the father goes to the manager and says, hey, why can't you find a toy that my kid will enjoy? He said, what your kid needs, we don't sell here right? Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A lot of times in life, what we allow is what we set up. And what we set up and we're allowing is what causes the problems in the home when it comes to rebellion. 
And you know what? You've got to get in front of it and get in front of it fast. So you don't provoke your child. You nurture your kids. You discipline your kids. But also you instruct your kids. Look what it says. It says, rather bring them up with a discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Teach your kids to operate within and under the divine guidelines of the Lord so that when they do leave your home, they still have that compass of divine guidelines that only comes from teaching them in the Lord. How do you do it? I love what Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says in the message. It spells it out very clearly. It says, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Give them, get them inside of you and get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. What is this saying here? It is a lifestyle of teaching them these divine guidelines over and over and over and over again. Whenever you think that they're not getting it, if you're sick of saying it, they are getting it, you just don't even realize it. And what's very sad, stats show that less than 10% of families in our nation are having any kind of type of faith conversation other than an occasional mealtime prayer. We will teach faith and values to your kids here at Freedom Church. But here's the difference. We have them one hour a week, and you have them the other 167 hours. We want to build upon what you're already doing in your homes. We have what we call right now media that is a great resource for you to be able to get. If you don't have it and you want it, it costs our church, but it's free to you. It's part of our discipleship process. And you can find all kinds of resources on there to be able to help you in your parenting. If you have questions, come and see us at Next Steps. We will be able to help you with what you can do and resources that you can do. But most of all, I want you to understand, as a parent, it's your destiny. It's your job description. It's definitely worth your best interest to give you, give it all you've got. You know, I used to think parenting was easy. You know, and as a young, dumb, ignorant father, I came home before to my stay-at-home wife who was taking care of my three little girls. You know what I said to her? I said, well, you've been doing all day. Dumb. I didn't say that anymore. I can tell you that right now. I didn't. <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen. But listen, if your kids have left your home, and you feel like you failed as a parent because maybe they're not living for God. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't beat yourself up and say, God, I failed. Listen, there is power and prayer, and there's so much God can do. And you know what? Today's a new day. Yesterday's gone. Don't live there. Here's today and the future that's for all of us. Listen, don't try to get your kids, listen to this, to have character without conviction. Because character without conviction does nothing more than have confusion in their lives. If their beliefs aren't rooted and grounded in biblical belief, the character folds up instead of holding up. I want you to get that. But parents, your godly, listen, your godly values, your godly actions, your godly belief will be the greatest influence in your kids' lives. Even when you think they're not getting it, God has a way of orchestrating and helping that through the power of the Holy Spirit to have that great influence in your kids' lives. Listen, kids 
They really do want mom and dad to be the hero. They really do want your influence in their life. Why is that? Because that's God's design. That's how God set it up. That's how God created the family system to be able to work. And your calling as a parent is more important than you probably ever thought about it. And why is that? Because God wants to do amazing things through you more than you'll ever, ever know. More than what you can ever even think. The moment is now. The moment is important. Every moment's important. How many of you want your kids to grow up and depend on God when they leave your home? Raise your hand. That's all of us. That's all of us. So, you, you, and then you, you see them, you, you want them to depend on God when they're out of your home. They got to see you depending on God while they are in your home. In your home. And that's what will make all the difference in the world. Whatever your kids' exposure to, it's going to become their DNA. That's what's going to happen. If it's casual church attendance or it's a hit and miss prayer or we might read the Bible every now and then, we might, might think about serving at Easter or we might think about giving back to God and his community of faith. Let me tell you something, bookshelf faith won't prepare your kids for a world without you. It just won't happen. So what is the greatest thing that you and I can give our kids? Is it a great education? That's good. There's nothing wrong with a great education. Is it teaching them to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am? Yeah, that's a good thing. Is it being able to tell them not to steal and, and not to do things bad and not to speak up and be disrespectful? All those things are good. But the greatest gift you're ever going to give your kids is Jesus. Hands down, Jesus is the greatest gift you're going to give your kids. So don't live in regret by not trying to give your kids Jesus in their life. None of us can be the parents or people that God desires for us to be till we realize that Jesus is all we need. Then when you realize that, that Jesus is all you need, it makes all the difference. And how does that work? Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want you to say those, this, this here with me. And beginning with be strong there, I want you to say this with me audibly out loud. Here we go. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say it one more time. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Wow. <laughs> That's what makes the difference. God wants to give you strength. God wants to give you his power that you need right now. You know what's really sad? Many people cannot even anticipate living a better life than what they have right in the moment. And some of you might be thinking, Pastor, if you had my kids, you know. Or Pastor, you don't realize I, don't, I have bad health and it's tough right now. I'm just trying to just make it. Or Pastor, you don't understand our family dynamic. You know, where finances is horrible. I didn't get picked for the promotion and it's just tough right now. The list goes on and on and on. Maybe it's time for you to put all your hope in God, for His way, for His will, for you and your family's life. Because when you do that, everything changes. Doesn't mean that everything goes away, but the one who loves you and has gave His life for you wants to help you through life's challenges, hard circumstances, and things that's going through, and things that your family faces. And we as a church, we want to partner with you 
and help you as well because that's what a church family is for. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come to you and we're honored and we're privileged to be in your house today. God, I pray, God, for every family here, for every parent here, for every child, young, old, grown, in between, whatever it is, I pray, Father, right now, God, that you would bless each one and every family unit, God, that your divine DNA, God, will just continue to flow forth. And God, for those, God, that feel like that, that isn't there, God, I pray you give them strength for it to be there. I pray, God, that you would bless them with your mighty power in this moment. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in these precious moments of prayer. As we continue praying, I want to ask you this. And I already know the answer, but I still want to ask you. How many of you want the very best for your kids and grandkids? Raise your hand. I believe that. I believe that. Well, I want to ask us to do something that's going to be very important because it's all about being a very best godly influence and leading by example like never before. You need God's strength and you need his mighty power. So what I want to do, they're going to sing this beautiful song again. And what I want to ask you to do for parents and grandparents and those of you that have influence on any kids in your life and you want God's strength and his mighty power, I'm going to ask you right now to go ahead and step out and come on up and we're going to pray. Special time of prayer. Don't wait. Just come right on as they sing. praying right now those of you praying right now just tell the Lord Lord I need your power I need your strength God I need it for myself I need it for my kids I need it for my family God I need it for those beautiful gifts of children God that you've given us God do a mighty work for them right now Father I pray God your Holy Spirit of anointing fall on every one of them God Lord Lord that their kids are gonna they're gonna know that they're parents are seeking your face God I pray God they're going to be power filled parents led by the Holy Spirit through their relationship with Jesus that they have your values your values, their, your strength Father and your power God I pray God Lord 
that you'd bless these parents. I pray for every one of the kids they represent, Father. And I pray, Lord, that your hand of protection would be upon them. And I pray, Lord, if that enemy, the, the devil, has gotten into their house because the hierarchical chain of command has been thwarted, I pray, God, that they're going to get it right. So, Father, that you can bless their homes and bless their families. And we pray and raise up a standard against the enemy himself that comes against these homes, God. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So I pray, God, that you just bless them right now, God. You touch them, God. You give them strength and mighty power, God, to be the parents, to lead by example, God, in everything they can do for your glory and honor to invest in their kids for generations and thousands of generations to come. Thank you, Father. As we continue praying right now, the strength you need is through a relationship with Jesus. And I believe with a crowd of people this big, somebody here has not given their heart to the Lord. And that's why you're here, friend, as we continue praying. You know you've never given your life to Jesus. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect and sin sinless life. He shed his life's blood on the cross and he died. And he rose again as a perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. It is by grace through faith that you are saved. So you call on him today, right now. And if that's you and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, he's been in your head but not in your heart. Lift your hand real high right now. Shoot your hand up and say, I need to pray and ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Just shoot your hand up real quick. Just shoot it up and say, I need to pray. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else, just shoot your hand up and say, I need to pray and make Jesus the Lord of my life today. Would you pray to him right now and just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of you, my Savior. Please forgive me of when I've sinned and done things wrong. Tell him, say, Lord, please transform me. I don't want to do life my way any longer. I'm yours. Tell him, say, Lord, I surrender my whole life to you right now. Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me. Now, if you've prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, you should have that peace that comes into your soul that, that we can't even explain with English words or any kind of form of communication. It is a peace that passes all understanding. And you have caused a party in heaven. They are rejoicing because your name has just been written. And the book in heaven, you have reservations. Until then, he's given you the Holy Spirit. So just thank him right now. Those of you that prayed through, thank him for saving your soul. And he's going to give you his Holy Spirit right now. Let's give him praise, Father, right now. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for saving souls. And we thank you for saving this generation because people are going to stand up and they're going to do what we can do to invest in this generation and the one to come that we can see you lavish your love upon these families, raising the standard against the enemy. So we give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory. No weapon formed against us may prosper. And we give you praise, Jesus. And in your name, we say amen. Let's give him praise today, church. All right. Glory be to his holy